Hello, my favorite people in the whole world. How are we all doing? Happy race week, guys. We're going to Austin. I'm so happy. Well, I'm not physically going to Austin, but we are all going to Austin. You know what I mean. I am so excited. I love Coda. I love the circuit, but it's also one of the races where the atmosphere is so damn good. It's been one week that we are getting blessed on social media about the whole, all the drivers going to the United States, Charlotte Club being in New York with Carlos for an auction. Anyway, everything around Cotta makes me happy. I am so excited. Anyway, let's start the episode. As always, this is your favorite DTS fan. Grab your favorite snack. A glass of water, a glass of tea, a cup of tea, <laughs> a cup of coffee, or shut up your favorite alcohol if you're desperate for a fan just like me, and let's get going! I'm so excited for this episode, guys, you have no idea. Randomly, yesterday, I actually got the idea, because um, I didn't really know what to do for this week's episode, because all the non-race recap episode I, I i got a list on my phone of what i could do like ideas that i get but the the issue is that i want to keep them for the um winter break like the in between the two seasons because i don't know what to tell you guys for i'm actually very stressed for end of november end of november until February, what am I going to do during all these weeks? So I decided to keep the original subject that I had for this period and I got this wonderful idea. Also, I want to apologize if you're hearing like background now noise. It's drenching outside. Like it's raining like cats and dogs. It is terrible. During the whole day, I've been running in the four corners of my cities, of my city where I'm studying in, under the rain. I couldn't be more pissed, but I'm so excited for this episode, so let's get going. So let's do a quick checkup of the rumors that we got. We got Perez probably leaving Red Bull. Well, not really, not leaving Red Bull, being kicked out. He is fired, or he's, or he, or he's retiring. We still don't know. So, <laughs> so there, are, there are a few rumors. Like, let's start with the beginning. How this all started. This started originally with someone on Reddit saying that if Checo Perez don't get the second, pla uh, the second place in the driver championship this year, he uh, will be fired by Red Bull because Helmut Marco do not want him there anymore. And Christian Horner is more, I think Christian Horner is actually on Checo's side and thinks that he is a great second driver. So... There have been tension, which we're going to talk also afterwards because we have a also new drama that happened between Albert Marco and Christian Horner. But um, that was the first rumor. Then I think it's like for three, four days we got this rumor. We didn't know if it was true. Everyone assumed that it was true. I do. I also assume that it is true. However, Around the same time, I think, yeah, maybe like half of a week later, I think I talked to... Yes, because I did a TikTok last week about it. So three, four days after the this original rumor, we got another one saying that um, 
Checo will announce his retirement in, Mexi in Mexico for the uh, Mexican GP. So, we thought that, like, I thought that he, that's not, that couldn't be true. Because he has, he wants to be paid. He has his contract until the end of the 2024 season. So it's either he gets fired or he stays in the team. Because there is no way he's retiring. Also, he's not that old. I know everyone assume like even myself, sometimes I forget that this man is barely 30 years old. I think he's 30. He is probably 33 or 34 around this age. I don't know why I see him as old as, old as Fernando Alonso. For me, he's like past 40 or 40. I don't know. Anyway, so probably Checo announcing his retirement at the end of the Mexican GP. Well, that has been um, confirmed. Well, not confirmed like it is going to happen. It has been confirmed that it was not true. He will not announce his retirement. However, whenever it's surrounding Red Bull until the driver doesn't speak itself, I do not believe it. Even when Christian Horner is speaking, I don't believe what this man can say. So... As long as we don't have a pure statement written on paper or like a public um, interview moment where Checo is, is, is saying like he will not retire, I don't know what to do. Um, he might pull the Daniel Ricciardo card where if Red Bull tried to... I mean, good for him. If he does this, I think good for him. I'm not the biggest Checo fan, but... If he pulls out a Daniel Ricciardo, like, okay, my contract's at, until the end of the 2024 season. If you want to fire me, good, but pay me out of my contract. Good for him. Do that, babe. But I don't know where he could go. He will not settle down for AlphaTauri. You can be sure of that. And I don't know if actually Red Bull would prefer to have Daniel Ricciardo in the second seat or Liam Lawson. Because there is this thing where when Daniel Ricciardo is in AlphaTauri, he's kind of a mentor for Yuki, just like Pierre Gasly was last year and the previous years. Whereas if he goes back to the Red Bull seat, yes, it's like um, for the plot, it's amazing. Like he started at Red Bull, he comes back to Red Bull. But I don't know if... They will. Well, I, I don't even know Daniel Ricciardo's min mindset right now because it depends on his whole mindset. I don't know if he is still driving because, well, he's still driving because he loves the sport and he loves that. But is he still driving in a way that he thinks that he can get championship? I think so too. I think that's why he came back in the middle of the season. That's why he came back in the sport at all because he could have quit. Honestly, after the 2022 season, he could have quit. He would have lived in the happy life of a rich Australian man as he should. But he decided to come back because he also said it on, I think, um, Tom and Matt P1 podcast. Like, you know, they did a video where they answer fans question. And I think Daniel said that the break was necessary, but he, if he decided to come back, it's because he thinks that he, he will bring something for the sport and the sport will bring him something. He still has something in him. He's um, determined to come back and to be better. But does that mean that he's chasing a championship? Because if he does, then Red Bull will not take him as a second seater because they do they do not want to threaten Max Verstappen. They, yeah, they do not want to see Max being threatened by someone. So I don't know. But if he's just here to 
because he loves the sport, but he is not obviously searching for a championship or I don't know. He doesn't want to be like, I don't know. He's here for, because he's passionate of the sport, then maybe the second seat of Red Bull would be good. But I mean, as I told you before, I hate Red Bull. So <laughs> now I don't give a shit about saying it. Because I said it multiple times, I support, I like Max Verstappen, and I kind of enjoy. It's not that I kind of enjoy. I love Max Verstappen as long as he's out of the car. Um, the moment he's in the car, I start to like him a little less. But that's not even that. the The thing is, like, I don't support a team that put that much, um, that give that much credit and um, power to a racist old man. That's where I drew the line. <laughs> That's why I draw the line between me and Red Bull. I do not support people like that. But that's a great transition to move on to the next rumor, which is Christian Horner wants to get rid of Helmut Marco. It's not a rumor. He actually said it. Um, I don't know to which media he said it or if, if he made a statement. I don't know. Um, but he did say that he wants to... Um, get Helmut Marko out of Red Bull, but it's not going well because, well, Helmut Marko apparently wants to fight to keep his position, and this is something to take with not a grain of salt, but with a whole bag of salt, because even I, I don't want to discuss too much about it, because I will say some really mean thing if I do, and if it's not true, I don't want to get my, I don't want to get ridiculous. And I don't want to be mean towards someone if it's not necessary. So, apparently, Max Verstappen said that if Helmut Marko leaves Red Bull, he will leave Red Bull too. This is allegedly, I saw this this morning while waking up, which was kind of violent to see that about Max Verstappen because, well, I just said something about Max Verstappen saying that I still love him. Um... I enjoy his presence and I recognize his talent and I respect him for whatever, for all he's doing in in the sport. And even like just personality wise, I found him very funny as long as he's out of a car. But if he's supporting Emil Marco, my opinion towards Max Verstappen will definitely change and I will be very disappointed because why would you defend an old racist man, Max? Publicly like that? No. So I will not give you my full opinion because I'm still waiting to see. I'm still touching the waters to see how this whole storyline goes. Because if it happens to be true, it's going to be bad. Uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be very bad. Um, anyway, other rumors that we well, got. Charles and, and Carlos were at an auction um, in New York a few days ago. They were um, they were just there looking handsome, <laughs> just there standing there smiling, looking pretty. That's why we asked them. They made a, a very cute presentation of the steering wheel and stuff like that. That I watch all the time, by the way. Every time a driver goes like and points at the little buttons, explain everything about the steering wheel. I already know what you're going to say at this point. I could even myself could recite this part about the steering wheel because you've been saying the same thing all over again for I don't know how many people. But I'm still watching and I'm like, oh, how sweet. They look so passionate about it. 
<laughs> I just love to hear these men talk and explain some shit. I know I do not I do not like mansplaining. But this is not mansplaining because I don't know how to use a steering wheel on an F1 car. I just enjoy Charles Leclerc talking, so <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> aren't we all enjoying Charles Leclerc talking at this point or Carlos Sainz? Let's stop, let's stop be liars here and just be honest about it. So yeah, um, Charles and Carlos were indeed in uh, New York City um, for a few days. What else happened in the sphere of the F1 world? I'm trying to think of something that might have happened. Um, and it can be relevant to say, um, oh my god, how could I forget about that? Travels Kelsey, uh, Patrick, I don't want to say his name because I know I'm not saying it properly. Patrick M- Maho- Mahomes? <laughs> Mahomes, well, Travis Kelsey, and another player from the Chief. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be hard to start again. Um, so, yeah, uh, two players of uh, the Chief, which is an NFL team, a football American team, for those who didn't know, um, joined um, Alpine to become um, investors. So just like Ryan Reynolds did it a few months ago. And you know what also what what that also means. I hope you do because if you know me, you know what is the first thing that crossed my mind. And also I made a TikTok about that three three days ago because I was freaking out. It means that we have more chance to see Taylor Swift in an F1 paddock. And not only in an F1 paddock, for me it's it's double double happiness, double everything, um, because it's not only in an F1 paddock, it is in the Alpine paddock. Now, I would kill to see either Travis Kelsey, either Taylor Swift, I would kill more for a a Taylor Swift crossover, I'm not gonna lie, I love you, Travis, nothing against you, but, you know, and your teammate, I don't want to say his name again, because I'm scared to really embarrass myself on the internet, but... Taylor Swift probably shaking hands, shaking hands with Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon. I would literally collapse to the ground and have an Infinity War moment, like snap! I'm in. I turn. I turn into dust. Because I don't know how I would deal with that information in hand. I already didn't know how to deal with Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. Like this information was so crazy literally i saw i got the information in my hand and i was just like 
I don't know what to do with it. I I, I don't want to have it in my hand anymore. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so if I get a crossover Tales with Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon, I probably will. Um, it will be the end of this podcast and of my TikTok. I will disappear. Not because I don't want to be part of the F1 content creator world, but because I heart attack. Heart attack immediately. I don't know, maybe a stroke also, who knows? So yeah, um, <laughs> that might happen. <laughs> so yeah, and if we get it at Las Vegas, or also really burning news yesterday for the media day of Austin, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon both arrived in the paddock with their with the um, jersey. I don't know if you said jersey also for um, American football. Yeah, jersey or jersey. The jerseys of um, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Patrick Ma- Mahomes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't follow NFL, by the way. I I for the way the way I was talking, it seems like I I knew NFL. I didn't. I don't know NFL. I don't watch it. I don't watch American football. NFL. I just know Travis Kelsey because he is a um, celebrity, other than um, other than a, a NFL player. It's just like in general. It's just like like Lewis Hamilton. At least I knew about him before. I don't know where I knew about him. I I'm not gonna lie. I don't know when did Travis Kelsey entered my brain. But when I heard that they were dating with Taylor Swift, it literally made like my head blew up because I was like an NFL player and I knew his face and like I was just like oh my god they actually fit well together like aesthetically both of their face oh my god such a power couple anyway uh, we're 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 getting sidetracked oh yeah Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon joining the paddock with um the jersey of um Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why I mean I'm forcing myself to try to say his name. So uh, Esteban Ocon was with Travis Kelsey jersey, which I loved by the way. I was so glad that he was the one having Tra- Travis Kelsey jersey. Not I love Pierre and Esteban the same amount, by the way, because oh that's gonna be important for the rest. I love them equally. They are my kids, I will protect them with my life until my last breath, both of them. But you know, um, Pierre has more supporters than Esteban. So I was happy that Travis Kelsey jersey was on Esteban. I was like, yo, go Esteban! <laughs> and also, oh my God, please, the admin of Alpine. Mwah, I love you so much. You are a genius, a mastermind. I love you so much. First of all, the Qatar midnight, um, the Qatar race, poster was the midnight cover album you remember we already talked about it with anna we already had a freaked out about it because i <laughs> literally my words collided the best way it could but don't we think that this is actually was ma- that that was made on purpose because for me this can be a coincidence again taylor swift is my mother so i've been i've been teached with like Everything that I learn has been taught with Easter eggs. And I'm a Scorpio. So for me, every human being on this planet is hiding something and has intention behind something. 
Call me crazy, but I do. And now you know that Lando Norris is probably just like me. And he thinks like that too. I just know it. Anyway, that's, we're getting sidetracked again. Um, the Alpen admin for that. Chef Kiss, you're, you're, my, you're my favorite admin in the whole world. Please <laughs> acknowledge me. <laughs> because I've been, I've been fighting out there. <laughs> I've been fighting for my life and for the life of Pierre and Esteban out there. Anyway, um... <laughs> and other than that, I don't know if it's the same person managing Esteban Ocon social media and the um, Alpine um, admin, like if they are the same person, but Esteban Ocon posted a picture yesterday. Be ready for it. Oh my God! <laughs> Pun intended. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I fucked my surprise up. <laughs> You won't say I'm gonna be ready for it because the caption on Esteban post was dot 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 ready for it point of question mark and it was him with Travis Kelsey jersey and he at Travis Kelsey saying welcome Travis and like adds to his um Instagram account and I was just like oh my god a Taylor Swift reference on an Instagram account, and it's not any Instagram. Um, it's not any Instagram account. It is Esti Bestie account. So either Esti Bestie gets it, and I'm pretty sure he does, or the admin is just a pure genius, and I'm pretty sure that too. So that was just overwhelming, but in a great way. Let's move on to the actual subject of this podcast which is drumroll question from a fan not so fan about f1 (laughs) so let's the name is bullshit the name is garbage so (laughs) question from a fan not so fan is not a segment because I don't think it will come back it's a one shot but I ask or if I ask other friends it could come back anyway I ask two of my closest and best friend Fleur and Tessie to ask me random like the most random question that came up to their mind when I think about F1 which was pointed either towards me or toward the sport like something that didn't need to be explained and because they are not real fan it's probably the question that everyone asks themselves i asked myself and i saw the list of questions i tried to forget them throughout the day because there are some of them are hilarious and i didn't want to you know i wanted to have still the surprise effect of it but it's like the most like fair question i ever seen in my life like I was like, you're so true for asking that question. <laughs> and some of them are hilarious. So we're going to do that. I'm so happy to do that. You're going to see 
the questions are hilarious, even if you, well, even if you're not friends with them, which is everyone listening out there, you're not friends with my friends, obviously. Or that will be a bit weird. Um, <laughs> and if you are, please do say something. <laughs> I am so weird today. It's the rain. I don't know what it is. I think it, it literally drowned my brain. Not that it's very functionate on a normal basis, but still. So, let's start with some question. Have um so I have some question from uh, one of my best friends called No, I'm not going to say the names. So, first question, did I already do go-kart and is it satisfying as an S1 fan to do go-karting? Um sometimes I did mix the question together because some of them were overlapping from one person to the other. Yes, I did do go-karting. I love go-kart. I love karting. I I found it hilarious. And I'm very competitive for no reason. Like, I don't want to lose. I want to be the fastest. And I'm kind of like an, an adrenaline seeker. So, it's not even that. At first, I wasn't competitive. I'm just an adrenaline seeker. So, I love it to just go fast and turn and blah, blah, blah. But then, the competition of it all started to get into my brain. And now, I'm literally a menace. I'm an ace on, on, on track. I'm not dangerous, but I'm just very competitive and I want to win. So, yes, I did do go-karting. Is it satisfying as an S1 fan? Um, yes. I'm starting to think if since I started the podcast, I've, I, I, I did went back to karting again. No, I don't think so. But I'm seeing one of my best friends uh, who is studying in Romania soon. So I'm going to go there and we'll probably go karting. So I'll keep you guys updated. I'm excited for that if we go <laughs> to do some karting because I never did go-kart with her so gonna be gonna be excited second question how penalties are counted um the this question is asked from my friend fleur and she's a big football fan so I, i understand why she said that how penalties are counted because like does make sense but um if you cross like if you do a crossover between football and f1 i understand the question penalties are not counted as football it's not like something like um, that you can add up to yourself until you get a red um a, a red card and you're out um penalties there are so many reasons to get a penalties it could be because you changed off some mini- uh, mechanical stuff over um the season and if you guys didn't know the pieces of the F1 car you can see it as a lego you see the F1 car as a lego and all the pieces like work inside of each other but if one of the pieces is broken you can take it out put a new one and you're you're not rebuilding the whole car if it's not necessary so you just change it but you're not allowed to do it infinitely you have to keep tracks of that and the FIA keep tracks of that because if you for example change uh too many times of uh your engine you'll get a grid penalty for the next race that already happened to Max Verstappen to Charles Leclerc um to Sergio Perez this season i mean the the these are the ones that when something got changed they had a grid penalty because it they um exceed the number of um of change that they could do during a whole season So that's one type of penalties, but there are so many. Track limits obviously is one of the most current that we see especially this season. So basically track limits is a time you most of the time get a time penalty. 
So track limits is when your four wheels of your F1 car this just go over the white line that is on the side. So you have the apex, you have the, the curb and track limits. You see there is a thick white line. Look at it this weekend. You see a thick white, white line. And if four wheels are over this, this line, track limits. Now you don't get a penalty every time you get over the limits. You get a penalty after three times. So you get some like joker, um, three joker where it's, it's, it's allowed. And then you get a, a black and white, not, not a black and white. What is it? The color? It is a black and white, but not like the end of the race, black and white uh, <laughs> flag, but you get a flag to tell you that next time you get your um, track, you get in, you, you get over the track limits, you'll be uh, out. Uh, not out. What am I saying? You get a five second penalty, and then after that, um, you get again three other warnings for track limits, and if you go still over the track limits again, ten seconds penalty. So time penalties um, can be served two different ways. I'm trying to think of someone that um, that did it res recently. Oh yeah. So during the Dutch Grand Prix, Pierre Gasly got a five second penalty and because it was fairly during the start of the race, um, they decided to, um, serve, not decided, but it, they strategically, it's always better to serve it throughout the race. So that means that when he went to the pits to change his tire, the, um, the engineers, the mechanicians, um, couldn't touch the car for five seconds. So when the five seconds are over, they can change the tires, do whatever they have to do, and then Pierre left, leave. So th that obviously penalized the driver because he spent too much time in the pit lane, in the pit, like over... It wasn't necessary to spend that much time in the, uh, in the pit. The other is something that Sergio Perez and Red Bull managed to avoid at the Suzuka Grand Prix. So, because um, Checo decided to play bumping cars um, at Suzuka, he got penalties. And he got a, um, a 10 second penalty, I'm not sure. Then he retired the car, but he still got the 10 second penalty. Which means that because he didn't, that's not even the way you should serve the penalty. But by the way, if, so basically, if he went on with the race, but didn't, um, serve it in the pit it would have been added to his um last to the last um to his last um lap time so and then it would have moved the whole standings after the race um i think i have a better example of that oh yeah australia for carlos remember the chaos of australia um during the last lap um <laughs> carlos satellized uh, fernando alonso <laughs> sent him right back to Spain um, at the start of the last lap after a red flag. It was the last... It, this race was insane. Um, so he satellized <laughs> Fernando Alonso, but it wasn't his fault. And I still believe him, it wasn't his fault. Anyway, that happened. And because it was the last lap when he crossed, it, when he crossed the finish line, 
um, he didn't serve his five-second penalty for causing a collision. So they added the five seconds to the, his lap time of the last, the last, um, the last lap, and he met, he was originally P three and ended up out of the point because five second when you're just starting back after a red flag and you're behind a safety car, the amount between the drivers is so tiny that when you get a five second penalty on the last lap, then it's over. You're gonna be one of the last because they are so close in time that five seconds change everything. So that's the other way to serve a time penalty. This is mostly avoid, they try to avoid this, um, except when they don't have to pit. Um, except when they um, don't have time to pit. I'm thinking of uh, Victor Martins um, for his first win in, in F2 in Silverstone. He's, uh, he was leading the race, but um, the problem is that he got a five second penalty because of an inch, like he apparently um, overtakes someone while being outside of the track or caused a collision. I don't exactly remember, which was pretty unfair because it was the first lap, first corner. Very unfair, um, the FIA and the French drivers. Anyway, um, so this happened and Victor decided, uh, like, uh, not Victor decided, but his engineers, because they didn't want, to, I don't know if in F2 you can't serve the penalty while changing your tires, like waiting five seconds. But anyway, I don't know if that's allowed in F2 or just in F1. But what they did is that they asked for Victor to pick up the pace in order to have a five second gap between him and Vesti, which means that even if they add five seconds to his lap time on the last lap of the race when he crosses the line, he wouldn't lose his first um, his first place and will still be first. So he had to put a five second gap with uh, between him and the second. This usually happens when the le the leader of the race get a penalty because then it's it's more logical to do it like that than to go to the pit serve your five second penalty because you probably won't have time to come back and um get back to your place so um they try to increase the gap between the first and like whatever car's position they are so that's how the pen penalties are counted there are also um they're on their super license, they have points just like us uh, when we're driving on the road, at least for French people who have their driving license, we have points on it and points are being taken out when we do an infraction. Same thing with F1. <laughs> so they have their super license and they got points. And if they caused a very bad accident or they drive um, unsafely, uh, they are dis basically when they are um, judge dangerous on track some points are being taken off from their super license and it takes i think six or eight months to get your points back i guess or is it one year i'm not sure about the length uh, of when you can get your points back and basically um if you ran out of points on your super license card you are being banned from the next race so that's that's the thing. Let's move to another question because this was a long one, but that's how penalties are counted. There are so many types of penalties that I will not list all of them, but that's mainly that's the mainly one. Track limits, um, causing a collision is a current one that we can see. 
um, especially in F2. <laughs> um, there is also grid penalties um, for something that happens when there is quality and an infraction happens during quality, they get a grid penalty for the start of the race. That's what happened to Charles in Monaco um, for um, impeding Lando Norris in the tunnel of Monaco. And he got a three-grid a three grid penalty. Uh, so whenever you do impeding in quality, which means you're, um, you're like kind of... The thing with impeding is that we never know if it's on purpose. Sometimes it's on purpose and you can clearly see that it's on purpose. But sometimes it is in this gray zone where you don't really know if it's just because the engineer fucked up and didn't say to the driver that someone was behind them or they just didn't see. Um, so impeding in quality is really bad because if you impede someone, maybe this person is being kicked out of Q1 or Q2 where, whereas they could have gone higher in the, um, in the quality rounds. So that's bad. That's really bad. And it's really bad. And it's like, they do not joke with that, except if you're Max Verstappen at the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, <laughs> had to say that it's still bitter. <laughs> It still tastes bitter on my tongue. Um, but yeah, uh, so impeding, you get a three grid penalty almost all the time. Sometimes it can add up. That's what happened to Pierre Gasly, I think at Canadian, no, Spanish Grand Prix. He got a six grid penalty. Seriously? Oh, for fuck's sake, the FIA. Um, but yeah. That happens all the time, and it's mostly when it happens during quality. Um, yeah, I think I listed the main penalties that we can see at every um, every race. My best friend did ask me, <laughs> which driver do you like the most and the least? She already knows the answer, but she wants me to tell you, because apparently I've never been... I didn't say openly who are my favorite drivers um, on the pod, but my favorite drivers are... Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gassi, Esteban Ocon. These are my top three. And Charles is a bit ahead of Pierre and Esteban, if I must say, in terms of, of likeness. I love Charles. He's my favorite driver, properly said. But Pierre and Esteban are so close behind that at this point, I can only make the, like the... That's my holy trinity, okay? <laughs> and which driver do I like the least? I don't know. It's hard to say because there are some drivers that I just generally don't care. I told you before, I don't care about Lance Stroll. Couldn't give less of a fuck about him. Um, I do not really care about Bodas, but I still love him very much. Um, Zhu, same thing. I just don't really care about him. The drivers that I really don't like... I don't think there are any on the grid. Oh yeah, Sergio Perez. Even if I'm defending him quite often. Uh, not defending him, but like I'm... I'm, I'm I mean, of course, I'm defending him when um, literally one of his bosses races um, and say racist comment of get against him, even if I don't like Sergio Perez. But yeah, maybe Sergio Perez. But it's not that I hate him. It's just the driver that I like the least on the grid. Um, before Sergio Perez, it was Nick De Vries. Yeah, yeah. Before Nick De Vries was being kicked out of Formula One, he was the driver that I liked the least. Well, actually, I think I, I think actually Nick De Vries I just didn't like him at all. It's not that I, dry, I liked him the least in comparison to the other, I just didn't like Nick DeVries. Um, so that's for it. But I'm pretty sure he's a very good guy. 
I, I'm not judging, I've, it's just not my vibe. Honestly, we need to stop apologizing for, it's sport, literally it's sport. As long as everyone is respectful, if I don't like a driver because I don't vibe with him, it's fine, okay? I don't need to over justify myself, I don't like Nick DeVries, say it. And he's gone, so I'm happy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a real me, by the way. Literally, me getting aggressive for no particular reason. I That's the real me. Anyway, my prediction for the next race. Uh, we need to get going because this is going to be too long otherwise. My prediction for the next race. Um, I didn't really think about that. Um, I'm really scared because turn one at Kata, everything can happen at turn one at Kata. So, <laughs> literally, it could be Bottas, Zhu, and Hulkenberg on the podium if everyone satellites each other on turn one. But, um, I'm gonna say, a, I'm gonna have a, a Delulu one. <laughs> I'm gonna have one that I actually think. So, my Delulu podium would be Kota is weird because it has high speed corners but also low so Ferrari could do great but also could do really bad kind of like Suzuka uh, so I would say um, for my dream podium <laughs> it would be I have a feeling that the Alpine are going to do great this weekend probably because I'm biased because of um <laughs> of Qatar, um, not Qatar, but, well, the quality in Qatar, um, but I have the feeling they could, do, in my guts, it's saying that the Alpine are going to do great, free practice is literally in two hours, so we're going to see, uh, maybe I'll just bite my own, <laughs> I'll bite my own fingers if um, I said something wrong, but I think my dream podium would be Charles winning, <laughs> obviously, um, I'm not enough Delulu to put Dino Ricardo on the podium, even if that would literally make my day, I would cry. But I'm not that Delulu, the Alpha Tari is indeed a shitbox. And um, so I would say Charles, then I would, my dream podium really Charles, Pierre and Yuki, or Charles, Esteban and Pierre. <laughs> these three on the podium I would cry my whole life but that's a very Delulu podium if we're being honest I think we're gonna have um, I have a feeling that Lando also could have his first win at Coda maybe I'm getting biased because that's his hundreds hundred race just like George Russell and Charles Leclerc in Ferrari um, we'll, we'll talk about the helmets on the race recap but um so if I'm being honest, um, P1 Lando Norris, because in my, my guts are telling me that he's going to win. Um, but if it's not Lando, it's Max. And it's like 95% Max that's going to win. But Lando, P2 Lewis Hamilton, because he has some rivage to take um, from Qatar... And P3, Max Verstappen. <laughs> That's an even more Delulu podium than the other one that I just did. <laughs> but that's my prediction. Uh, I want to also... Fastest lap might be Lando Norris and DNF Sergio Perez. <laughs> or 
or maybe K-Mag. It's been a long time since he DNF'd, so I got the feeling that the Haas are gonna fuck it up at some point again. Well, not the Haas drivers, but the car on itself. Um, but I, I don't wish them to DNF, honestly. Oh my god, please don't bring me bad luck because the Alpine or the Ferrari's engine are so not reliable. <laughs> Uh, next question. Other than drivers, who would you like to meet in the F1 world? I don't know. but Well, team principal, but that's very easy. And then I cannot even say F1 Academy drive because they are drivers. These girls are drivers, but I would love to meet them. Susie Wolf! I want to meet Susie Wolf. Yes, that's who I want to meet outside of the drivers. I want to see Su- I want to talk to Susie Wolf and I want her to share her experience with me about being a woman in Formula One. I really want to know everything. All her dirty secret. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, probably Susie Wolf. Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I literally forgot she asked me this. <laughs> Fleur, I, they, I love her with all my heart, but this is so random. I have no explanation why she asked me this, but kiss, marry, kill, Pierre Gasly, Lewis Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso. (laughs) You're not going to understand why am I laughing so much, but it does make sense for some of them. So let's start with Lewis Hamilton. Why did I, why did she say Lewis Hamilton? Because when she started to watch Drive to Survive um, or get into it, I said that Lewis Hamilton is her type. I know her type. I know how she is. I know personality-wise her type is Lewis Hamilton. And when she started Drive to Survive or get a bit more about Formula One driver, she told me, you'll never guess who's my F1 crush, like celebrity crush. And I was like, let me guess. Mm, I don't really know. Is it Lewis Hamilton? And she was like, no. And I said, what? (laughs) Who is it? How dare you? Like, I was literally flabbergasted. I was, I felt like I was being betrayed by my friend. What do you mean it's not Lewis Hamilton? I know you by heart, girl. And it should be Lewis Hamilton. And I won't accept anyone. Actually, I did accept that person simply because it's Pierre Gasly. (laughs) She loves Pierre Gasly. It's her favorite F1 driver. It's her celebrity crush. She is probably, we're co- I'm calling him Pierre Gasly her husband, and we're happy because we're besties, and now we're um, the Lulu husband, Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly, are also besties. So that would be the quattro of to end a lifetime. Anyway, <laughs> so, you know, Lewis Hamilton, Pierre Gasly, makes sense. Fernando Alonso, I have no fucking clue what she said, Fernando Alonso. Why did she put on a kiss, marry, kill, ghastly Hamilton Alonso? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, Ariana, what are you doing here? Why Alonso? Fleur, I need an answer. <laughs> Why fucking Alonso? What is he doing here? Maybe she is confusing Alonso with someone else, but I'm pretty sure she is not. Maybe that's because of the Taylor Swift of it all, but I still don't know why. By the way, if we get an encounter of Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift in the paddock at some point, I might also combust just like Pierre Ga- if she met Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. Literal, I will go feral. 
Um, I don't know why Alonso. It's also maybe because before I did this podcast, when I was like I was doing kind of live comments over my private um, EG stories with my pre- with my close friends, on my close friends, I would do like kind of like race live, not react, but like I would say like, oh my god, this happened, this happened throughout the race. And at the beginning of the season, I was really big on the Fernando Alonso hype train. Um, I still love Fernando Alonso. I love his personality. But I think the um, the, the the passion that I got for the Alonso hype train decreased as much as the performance of the Aston Martin. So yeah, um, after a few weeks, it, I think after Monaco, it was done. Um, <laughs> I was over. I was like, no, that's it. I'm not on the hype train anymore. Even if it's Monaco, it wasn't his fault um, that he didn't win because he could have won um, if they didn't put him on the wrong um, on the wrong tires. But still, since Monaco, I'm not on the hype train. But the thing that I talked so much about Fernando Alonso being absolutely mental this season, she got this name stick into her brain. Um, so <laughs> that's maybe why she put Fernando Alonso, but I still don't know why. <laughs> this is killing me, and this is way too good. So kiss, marry, kill, Gasly, Hamilton, Alonso. That's the easiest kiss, marry, kill ever. I'll kill Alonso, I'll marry Pierre Gasly, and I'll kiss Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So that's one part of the questions from my friends. Let's move to the other part. The other part, absolutely chaos. I had tears running out my face. Well, I laughed so hard on the first question, but they are really serious. Like, they are really... Like, they are... Also, the way my friend formulated her her question was perfect because I didn't have much to do. Whereas Tessie... Um, <laughs> She is very chaotic and she asked her question. I just know that the question, the way she asked the question was literally how they came through her brain and she typed it on the keyboard. That's exactly how she typed the question and I cried laughing to some question. So the first question, (laughs) and that's probably one of the best ones, is why can't they all start in one line? (laughs) Well, because the circuit is not wide enough. Imagine that one, imagine Monaco, all of them starting on the same line. That would be actually very fun, but I would have, I think so many people would have died at every first turn. It's already a complete mess if they're not, if they're starting like in like an in-out situation on the grid. So if they were all in one line, absolute chaos. brain I would cry laughing or just cry <laughs> just cry not not always cry laughing just cry but <laughs> sometimes I just wonder what goes into her brain the thing is like with Tessie we flirt with I have the exact same attitude we're very similar we're we're like lots of people think that we are who are sisters while growing up whereas Tessie on the external we're not the same at all and we keep repeating like she kept repeating that we're not the same but her brain is just as much chaotic as mine and these questions are from a people that is unwell (laughs) but i am as unwell as her so it's fine but (laughs) 
<laughs> Hilarious. Also, I must say that the question from Fleur, so the previous question, um, are different because she is not watching races. She didn't watch any F1 race, so her question was so wide. Whereas Tessie, she's kept, she kept repeating that she's not an F1 fan, but let me tell you. She watched the Spain Grand Prix with me. She watched... What else? She watched then... We watched Monza together. And then, on her own, she watched Singapore, Qatar. She didn't wake up for Suzuka, but she wanted to. And she's going to watch Kota this weekend. And she kept repeating, I'm not an F1 fan. Girl, you are. And you're going to see these questions are hilarious because it's she's just... She's watching the races with the knowledge that I taught her, but she is not searching any more information. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> so, her questions are very chaotic, but hilarious. And also, fair. So fair. Like, all this question, fair. I asked myself the same question when I watched my first F1 race. Like, so relatable. Second question is, <laughs> why can't they have the same car? we would really see who's the best pilot. True, but that's what is happening in the car. In the car, they have the same car with the same engine, with everything is basically similar. They can bring some tiny updates um, and tiny difference from one car to the other, but the car on the inside is the same, like the engine and all the components of the inside are mainly the same. Now, in Formula 1, it's just because they don't have the same purpose. Um, the purpose is not only to see who's the best driver, but it is also the one who is... Um, like, it's not only... Like, the, the thing is, like, with IndyCar, the rewards go directly to the driver most of the time, and the pit stop crew, obviously. But it's like, in F1, the reward goes from all the engineers, mechanicians, strategists that are also behind, and they built a car um, f that is the most efficient and the most optimal given the um, uh, regulation of the FIA and that's also the goal of, of Formula One and it's also the one who can also um, <laughs> cheat the most and read behind the lines and avoid some regulation from the FIA that's also basically it like who can read through the lines and make sure that if they do an update it won't be penalized um, that's basically also what we are testing in Informal One, not only the driver, but I understand why the question of why they are not the same drivers. However, um, there is all the time new um, innovation that will mix it up the whole sport every five, six years. That's why we, we loads, of, loads of time we talk about eras, and now we're in the Verstappen era, and I know that. I think lots of people have been saying that after 2027 or 2026, the era would change because new innovations are being testing, tested right now by the FIA to be brought up later uh, in later years. And these are always big um, modification in the sport. So that's why most of the time we get a new era. Um, how many times... <laughs> Honestly, fair. You're going to see how many times can they use the speed option button? Uh, and how many times do they use it? <laughs> She's talking about the DRS. But the speed option button is way funnier. And that's just because in her brain, she understands. Like when I explained to her what's DRS, she made a shortcut in her brain saying that, oh, that's the speed button. 
<laughs> that's like the little mushroom in Mario Kart, which is a pretty good way to um, explain what DRS is. It's the little mushroom in Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> no, but really, when you think about it, it is that. But when can they use it? Basically, they are DRS zone in all circuit, and they are uh, they are marked on the track, which first of all is where they can use the DRS. In geogra geographically, the DRS zone are the only place where you can use DRS, where you push the button and your DRS, which is the um, on it's on the rear wing, and it's just um, a, a, like a a plate of carbon or I don't know whatever material that just lifts itself to suppress some friction on the car which make the drivers go faster so that's what's the what's the DRS basically and so they can that will only happen in the DRS in the DRS zone and when the drivers are like when there is a gap of less than one second between one driver to the other. So basically, Max Verstappen almost never has have DRS um, throughout the whole race because he is all the time leading and because he doesn't have a car in front of him, he doesn't use DRS. Um, another good DRS example is when Carlos used DRS to keep George Russell out of his way in Singapore, but also help Lando Norris when he said like I know it's on purpose um, so basically he he did on he kept Lando Norris at less than one second 0.8 second behind him so Lando would have DRS but with the fact that Lando was gaining DRS made him go faster and every time he would start to get the DRS when George Russell, who was just behind Lando Norris, would cross the DRS zone, he wouldn't. He would be a more than one second. So George wouldn't get DRS on Lando. So that's a way of like managing DRS. If you're getting, if you're lapping a car, you can get DRS. So if, for example, um, Max, when Max Verstappen is lapping Logan Sargent, DRS. He can use the DRS uh, on Logan if he's a close like if he's in a DRS zone and if Logan who's in front of him will obviously move out of the way but if he is at less than one second once they both cross the DRS at uh, the start of the DRS zone usually there are th three DRS zone um, maybe two sometimes it depends on the how the circuit is um, it's managed basically so that's for the speed option Question, this one, honestly, Tessie, you could have thought better before asking this question. Um, I love you, but this is stupid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, this is a joke. And it's a joke of me attacking her. If you generally ask yourself this question, it is. It is. Like, you could ask yourself this question. I understand the question. But Tessie, who I watched race with you, and I explained that to you multiple times. <laughs> How could you still ask this question? <laughs> I'm a pissed teacher. I could not be a teacher for shit because I do not like when people don't listen to me. <laughs> but she asked me, are the radio just between the driver and his engineer or everyone can hear it? Everyone can hear it, Tessie. Also because you can hear it behind your screen at 
millions of kilometers from the racetrack. So you can actually hear it on your TV so everyone can hear it. And yeah, that's why also they don't say their actual plan. But they go plan A, plan B, plan Z, plan F, plan G when you're in Ferrari. But <laughs> that's been a long time we didn't have a plan J, K, L. I'm touching wood. I don't want to hear that this weekend. Um, but yeah, that's mainly that's mainly that. Um, and that's why they have code names or lots of stuff like that. And it's also why Lewis Hamilton who loves to pretend his tires are shit when he is probably the person that can save his tire the best on the grid, um, says all the time, my tires are done, mate. My tires are done. Um, it, it is kind of in a way of, I think there is like a strategy call behind it just to do mind games and make the person um, behind him go to the pit when he will not go to the pit. So then he... He just gets some few laps um, to breathe. Anyway, um, yes, everyone can hear the radios. And that's why also us people watching the sport can hear the radio. You little muppets. Um. <laughs> the next question is even more. <laughs> the next question is, why is Max always first? <laughs> that's... That's the question. <laughs> Why is Max always first? Well, because his car was probably made by Tony Stark. And it is a rocket ship. That's why. Next question. Why some teams... <laughs> Why some teams are multiple times on the team, uh, on the grid, and not only one? It doesn't make any sense, uh, your question, Tessie. But I understood what she meant. Let's space for other. Okay. So what she is talking about is like the Red Bull AlphaTauri, kind of like little sister team with Red Bull being the bigger team. Why they both have it most of the time is when one, they, so basically the team was already there before, but they were either leaving the sport or they were getting bought. And I think that's what Red Bull did. They bought this team, turning into the little sister team um, and in order to create like kind of like a, a pre-stage for all the drivers of, at AlphaTauri or previously Toro Rosso, um, to bring them as a preparation before they get to Red Bull. We saw so many drivers that never went into a Red Bull and were still in Toro Rosso or in AlphaTauri, but I still have some faith, kind of. No, I don't actually have no more faith. So for me, it's not even a little sister team because literally... I don't think, I don't, I don't see Red Bull changing um, their uh, pairing. Well, maybe they will with all the pairs of it all, but I'm not sure they will use Yuki. You know, uh, I, I really hope for Yuki that one day he'll get into a Red Bull, but I, I don't see it happening. And he was in an AlphaTauri for since he started in Formula One. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but I get, I, I get the question, like why. Like, if she would like, for example, a completely independent team instead of Avatari, except of having the little sister of Red Bull. Or she, I think she also kind of thought about Alfa Romeo and Ferrari, the fact that these are so tied together that some drivers from Alfa Romeo moved to Ferrari just as Charles Leclerc. Uh, Charles Leclerc at first was a Sauber, and um, I think, the, I think the, the, the relationship between Sauber and Ferrari were more close than they are now. I think that Alfa Romeo is completely 
um, independent in terms of driver pairings and everything, but their engine is a Ferrari engine, I guess. I know that the Haas has a Ferrari engine for sure. I don't know about Alfa Romeo. I do think, I do think. And most of the time, it is true that some Alfa Romeo talents go to Ferrari because um, they have close uh, relation, both of them. Um, like, I'm thinking, for example, Oli Berman, who is currently a Prema driver, will pass through Alfa Romeo. Um, he will pass through Alfa Romeo before getting at some point to Ferrari, if he ever does. That's at least what I think. Um, that's how my brain is working. But, you know, my brain doesn't work properly most of the time. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's why she was thinking, why is that? Is that like that? Well, because otherwise we would have eight teams because probably these teams didn't have the... Especially for AlphaTauri. Honestly, not, uh, not really Alfa Romeo because Alfa Romeo is changing sponsors um, a lot of time. That's why they're going to become Audi um, soon in like two three years they become Audi because their partnership um, Sauber partnership with Alfa Romeo is over that's why also Alfa Tauri is changing name the brand Alfa Tauri is separating themselves from the F1 team it is weird to say that Alfa Tauri is separating themselves from Alfa Tauri but in my world it does make sense um, and I guess it is a good thing if um, Red Bull would keep their words and like be respectful in terms of Red Bull Academy drivers, which they are not. R.I.P. Liam Lawson, you will, you will be so missed. Like you offered us the best race of the season, you'll never be forgotten, Liam. And I really hope you're getting a, a seat in Formula One really soon. You deserve it, mate. Ha! Huh. And I really loved Liam Lawson and Yuki together. Oh my god, an unpopular opinion. I actually preferred Liam Lawson and Yuki together than Daniel and Yuki. But we didn't have a lot of Daniel and Yuki content before Daniel broke his hand. But the vibe between Liam and Yuki, unmatched. I loved every second of it. Um, <laughs> and that's probably one of the biggest questions that she asked me at every race. I, I'm not kidding you. We watched four races together, and I know that when she's gonna watch Coda, um, when we're gonna watch Coda on our, like, we're both gonna watch Coda, but we're not in the same CD, um, she's gonna ask me again, if it happens, why is there shortcuts? The first time she asked me this question, why is there shortcut? I was just as, probably as lost as you behind your, your, your like, behind your screen, even if you're not watching anything, you're just listening to me. I didn't know what she meant, like, why is there a shortcut? I was like, shortcut? What do you mean a shortcut? <laughs> she was like, well, he he didn't follow the track. She, he, got, he got out, but he didn't crash. Why is he getting a shortcut? And I was just like, oh, that. <laughs> she made like the, the, sometimes on tracks you can see on the outside of the track like uh, there is one at Monza uh, where they created this um, little thin track to bring back the cars that went wide back on the track. There is one at Singapore um, that is very uh, visible um, on the first turn I think of Singapore. Yeah, first turn of Singapore. Um, I'm gonna actually take this example. So for her, it's a shortcut. When Lewis Hamilton 
tried to overtake George Russell and Lando Norris during the start of the Singapore Grand Prix. And he did manage, but he used the shortcut. <laughs> and it's not a shortcut because it's illegal. You cannot do that. But he either he was either getting out of the track or he would literally crashed into George Russell, which didn't <laughs> that didn't stop him from doing that at Qatar, but still. <laughs> huh. um, and she is obsessed with that shortcut. It also happened at Monza. I think, again, uh, it was Lewis that did that with Oscar uh, at Monza once they bumped into each other and they both went wide and Lewis used a shortcut, apparently. That's not a shortcut for the last time. Tessie, this is not a shortcut. <laughs> this has nothing to do with a shortcut. It is not a shortcut. Again, if you ever wondered and you thought it was a shortcut, which I, I think almost no one called it a shortcut. It is just, a, it is basically to avoid dirt and, um, and how do we say that? Like the little stones, like dirt and stuff like that to get back on the track. And it's also allows drivers that went wide to not be out of the race because they can still manage to bring their car back on track. That's what it is. It is not a shortcut. <laughs> it's not a shortcut. And if they get really wide, like there are some runoff on the side of some tracks, obviously, just like Lewis in Singapore, there is a runoff. It is not a shortcut. It is just a place so they don't hit the wall at 300 kilometers. <laughs> if they go wide, <laughs> because they know on the first turn of a Grand Prix, people might get a bit aggressive. So let's put some runoff so they don't just kill all each other in the first turn. And yeah, I get the shortcut idea, but it is not a shortcut. And I said, I say that to her at every time, every race, whether we are together in the same room, whether we are at distance and she just texts me. Why did he just use a shortcut? I <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. Also, it makes me... But please continue, because it does make me laugh a lot. <laughs> Why is there a shortcut? Um, how do they decide the number of lap? Very good question. I'm impressed from my best friend to actually have a kind of logical question. Finally, something that makes sense. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm roasting her on a normal basis. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I'm talking to her, by the way. Like, I feel like I'm not doing a podcast episode. Like, literally, I'm just answering to... Like, I'm doing a voice memo. A very long voice memo, but a long <laughs> a voice memo. So, if you ever wondered why laps are never the same from one race to another, how do they decide? Because the race is, like, such a random number. Like, it's a 57 lap, a 74 lap race... Why is that? It's because if a circuit needs to be allowed to be an F1 circuit, they need to have um, um, uh, drive over 300, 305 kilometers at the end of a race. They need at the end of what... If you want to call your circuit an F1 race and it can allow F1 there, it has to be over 305 kilometers, not on one lap, but at the end of the race. Also, the race is needs to be on an average of one hour and a half, but less than three hours. They cannot drive for more than three hours, I think. Or two hours? 
No, I think it's two hours. So it's a two hours um, limitation. Um, so if we see that they haven't, like the first, the, the, the winner of like the, the person leading the race has still not completed all the laps of the race, um, like five minutes before it, we will make a, a clock watch and that will perform like they will not do all the laps, but it will end after two hours. Um, Australia was really long. I don't know why they didn't do... Oh, because they didn't race for two hours because there were so many red flags. I think that the red flag doesn't count into time in a race because it stopped everything. Everyone is back in the pits. People are getting out of the car, so that doesn't count. But imagine there is no red flag. There is just yellow flag, yellow flag, yellow flag. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what actually could happen. Uh, but it is two hours max. That they can drive uh, two hours max. I don't know if it's that an inside rule or it's an official rule of the FIA. But so yeah, I was saying they need to, per to, to have driven for 305 kilometers minimum. And that's how basically they do it. They, they measured the kilometers in one lap. And math, they just divided by, um, they divide the, the, the number of kilometer in one lap. Like they divide 305 kilometer by the, the number of kilometers there is on one lap in their circuit. And they, that's how they go. <laughs> that's how they decide how many laps there is in one race. The only exception to that rule is Monaco, who has a 260, uh, kilo, uh, 260 um, kilometer driven by drivers at the end of the race. But that's because there are, I think for Monaco, there are like 78 laps already, which is a lot. With the Gs, it's goddamn large, 78, I think, laps. So for Monaco, because also it is the most iconic race of the calendar, um, and even if they are doing, um, because of it, oh, I just spoke in French. Because the thing is, like, Monaco, one lap is uh, really short. It's a really short turn, like, in Monaco. It's really short. So, if they needed to actually uh, do the 305 kilometers, they would go, like, over a hundred of laps, I think. So that's why we decided to have, like, a kind of an in-between where it's 260, um, 260 kilometers. Oh, that's that's what I think. That's what I found while searching for an answer to that. And finally, <laughs> not finally, there are also two other questions. Why did they make some, some okay, I'm going to modify your question, Tessie, because th th that was not in English and neither in French made, made sense. But why? how did they decide that some cities would allow F1 cars to run into their streets and why there are some normal circuit. First of all, why is there street circuit and um, classical circuit? Simply because um, it asks different qualities and different... Um, yeah, the drivers need to use different qualities, uh, different strength and different strategy from a street circuit to uh, a normal circuit. In a street circuit, the, the walls are very tight because they are not going to push the walls. <laughs> Um, it is less overtake, but there are more um, tire strategy because if you can't overtake, you better think about 
um, overcutting or undercutting the person in front of you. Um, it is more tight, so the driver has a lot of focus because they are not ran off in street circuit, or almost none. Um, so that's it. Um, whereas in normal circuit, it is like for Monza, the temple of speed. The speeds are way higher, like they, they really go through it with the speed. Um, they are more ran off overtakes are because the track is obviously wider because it is made for multiple cars wide um whereas street circuit it's a street circuit they're not going to push the walls it's it's wide as it was like it, it's just wide as it originally is wide like they they can can do anything about it whereas a, a circuit like it's very wide um you can see some that are a bit more inclined just like zanvoort um yeah, basically, um, I don't think there is a reason why a city is hosting a race and not another. It is more if the city, for example, have the uh, have ability to um, to 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 create a track for F one cars or motorsports in general. Um, and for normal circuit, it's just the country that decided to const to construct a, a track and to in order for f1 cars to come probably tourism economy political reasons that's why we have now saudi arabia qatar all these countries joining and creating circuit in their countries is not only for the sake of doing something it's because it brings money tourism interest in their countries brings people um put a big spotlight on their country that's why um and I added question myself because I want to answer it. It is which city do I want to see a race in? Paris, okay? Listen to me. Around Arc de Triomphe. See them go from Les Champs-Élysées to Concorde to... I would dream to see it for the French people. Imagine an, a, 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 the race if they go Rue de Rivoli, the whole street like under the, close from the arcades like the place de la concorde or like near to the to la seine like on the borders of this literal mental i would die on the spot it is my biggest dream i want to see a paris race i know there are a lot of people that want to see a race in new york but paris is better okay because i feel like it's proper more it, it, it could it could happen okay and even st bestie said that he wanted a race in paris so we're on the same boat, Esti Bestie. I mean, I'm jumping on every boat you are because <laughs> I just found you endearing. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Paris, obviously, yeah, I would love to see a race there. It would be oh, mental. Oh my God, I would love it so much. Um, so that's a city where I want to see a race. And um, finally... Oh how cars are taken from one race to the other and now tessie i'm really only talking to you because that's a betrayal that means that you don't listen to me you don't listen to my tiktok because i already answered that in one of my tiktoks you don't see my content i'm pissed at her for as for even asking this question and to answer you tessie they are being trans transported by plane 
I'm so sorry, but this is very personal because I already did a TikTok about it. So if my best friend is asking me a question I already answered in one of my TikTok, absolutely disrespectful. Anyway, if you ever wondered how F1 cars are going from one place to the other, because that is breaking my brain. I don't get it. Like, even if now I know, it still doesn't make sense to me that they are being in a plane. Like, they, they literally... You remember the Lego analogy that I said? Exactly. Again, they break off the car, take all the pieces that they can take from each other, put it in big boxes, put it in an airplane, and off we go. Absolutely mental. <laughs> I don't understand how it works. Anyway, that was all the questions that your friends asked me. Asked me. I'm so happy that I did this, honestly. So it's crazy to me. I'm so excited. I hope that you liked this episode. And I tell love- me if you enjoyed this kind of format of like <laughs> question from a fan, not so fan of F1. I think that the principle is pretty like so relatable. Like Tessie, she's watching almost every race, but she is not doing any research to know more about the sport. So obviously she has some question. And even I, it's just that I, even I had stupid question. It's not stupid. And it just has very, that like, it seems like obvious question, but I, let me tell you, just like all our teachers were saying, if you're wondering this, lots of people are still wondering, are also wondering the same thing. The only thing is that my, Tessie or Fleur, my other friend, my other best friend that asked me a question, they usually come to me to have an answer. Sometimes I don't have the answer. Sometimes I do. But me, when I have a question, I just go over the internet <laughs> to search it. But they don't do this effort because they don't consider themselves as F1 fan. But yeah. So I, if this, if you love this content, I, can't, I have so many friends that ask me random questions on a normal basis. Like, literally, when Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift were rumored dating, I never had that many questions of who the fuck is Fernando Alonso from all my friends. So, and I'm pretty sure they all got some random question popping up in their minds, even if they're not watching races, like, just a random thing popping in their brain. Because, fair, that's a weird sport. Um, with weird regulations and weird people in it. But anyway, enjoy your race weekend. So next week episode will be a race recap. We are going through a, th- a triple header. So three race recap in a row. Austin, Mexico, and then Brazil. Mexico qualies are during my birthday. Because I'm bo- I, was, I was born on the 28th of October since I'm a Scorpio baby, if you didn't guess. I've been repeating this for so long, so I'm so excited for Scorpio season to start. Pretty sure that Lando Norris is also very excited. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, have a good one, everyone. Enjoy your Qatar, not your Qatar, please, no, never Qatar again. Um, <laughs> never ever again, we're going back to Qatar, please, FIA, do something. Anyway, enjoy your Kota weekend, enjoy the Austin Grand Prix. I'm going to have so much fun. And yeah, see you next week. A bientôt.